Good morning, and welcome to the Orlando Real Estate Buzz. We have a special guest today, Jim King. He is the operations manager for Apple Home Loans. Uh, Joe, unfortunately, got the flu bug that's going around and kind of kicked him on his butt this morning, I heard. So happy to have you, Jim. Thank you for joining us this morning. Absolutely. Happy to be here. And we actually got quite a bit of news. We got a big surprise this morning um, with the CPI number. So we're going to go through a little bit of that. But then one of the other items I think we're going to we're going to reach out and talk about is also is the hopes and you hear it all the time of the Fed cutting their rates, kind of slowing down the market. Have we kind of hit an, an uh, a paralysis based on hope? And I think getting into these CPI numbers this morning that we're going to see maybe a lot of it's wishful thinking, really. Right. You know, because when we look, they were expecting a 3.2 this morning. And we came in a little bit hot at 3.4%. And Powell says that they are going to hit their target. So when you look at that, Jim, what does that tell you? When do you expect to see rates cut. What's your gut? My, my gut says, you know, Q3. Um, you know, I know the the market is is basically priced in uh, a March cut at this point, or or at least the likelihood of it. And um, you know, frankly, I think it's what six six and a half cuts that they're pricing in this year. And and I just I don't I don't see it. Um, yeah. I know I know that um, you know people are really wanting it. Um, you know, both on, on our side, both on the consumer side, I, I, everywhere, everybody wants it. But, yep. um, you know, Powell has, has maintained that they're going to get their 2%. And, you know, he's not going to let, you know, the same thing that happened in the 80s happen again. Exactly. Which I know you weren't around at that time quite yet. <laughs> Almost. I, I was. Um, I was actually uh, high school, just starting college. And, um, what had happened was they had kind of inched up rates, very similar to what Powell had done. And we saw an initial decrease in, in inflation. And they thought, oh, well, okay, well, we'll, we'll, do a little, we'll do a little rate cut. The minute they did the rate cut, inflation shot back up. And that's when Volkner went, okay, nope, we're going to shut it down. We're going to shut it down now. And they went up to, eight, you know, what, 18%. On the Fed fund rate, and it crushed. It crushed a lot of stuff, um, but it definitely crushed inflation. Right. And I think that's, and I, and I can see Paul understanding that and looking at that and thinking, no, if I have to keep them, and he said it repeatedly, if I have to keep them higher longer, I will. Right? Do I think they'll do a increase off of this? I don't think so. I don't think so. But I think. They may look at this and you're saying Q3, I'm thinking maybe July. Um, and I think a lot of that will have to do not only with this number, but also our jobs numbers. Yeah, which which also came in today um, stronger than expected, right? People people liked, uh, or people are not losing jobs as quickly as people are expecting that they would. Yep. There was something interesting that I saw within in the numbers. Um, on the jobs in that 
even though we're increasing jobs, the number of full-time positions over last year has actually dropped 1.5 million. Uh, yeah, a ton. And if, and if you look at the last six months, it's even more than that, right? The um, last time that I, I looked at it with the uh, last week's numbers, it was something like we had gained um, like $3 million or 3 million part-time jobs, but lost like 2 point something million short-term in the last six months. So it's like, you know, we have those gains seven, eight, nine months ago that as those roll off and you look into the, you know, the, like the yearly figure is going to start looking worse unless something turns around in the job market. Yep. Yep. And you're right. People just, people aren't moving jobs because they don't have the ability to jump like they did during the pandemic. Right. So, And what's interesting with this number is guess what's driving this inflation? Like it has pretty much the past year, year and a half shelter it's shelter and and it makes it makes no sense you know for anybody that you know watches these numbers closely like you know what the fed's looking at right they're looking at mm -hmm. a what people are currently paying versus what they were paying you know a while ago but they're not necessarily focusing on on new rents they're focusing on old leases right whereas new yep. leases we're not seeing 19 percent increases year over year like we're just not in a lot of areas we're seeing decreases around here like i'm in michigan a lot okay. of Markets around here are, are you know, down maybe 5% year over year. Um, you would expect that to be showing in the CPI numbers and the Fed's numbers, but they're still showing massive increases because of the, the methodology that they use behind their calculation. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Here in Florida, you're seeing rental price decreases. I had three rental listings um, in the past couple months, and we ended up having to drop the rental rate um, request on all three of them because we just weren't getting the flow. Previous year, you know, one was at $18.50. This year, we actually came down to $17.50. So, and we've, in every single one of them, we saw that. And I know currently they're showing that the numbers, um, occupancy rate is only running about 80% on most complexes right now. And we've yeah. got, thousands of new units yeah. that are going to be coming online this year in the Orlando area. Yeah. So I think, how do you fill up all these units? Right. When when you already have declining prices, you already have, you know, lower than than trend line uh, vacancies like or uh, you know, opposite of vacancies, fulfillments, I guess. But uh and it's the same thing here, you know, um it's not just a Florida thing. That is that is all over. Um, you know, we're seeing a huge number of multifamilies that um, you know, people got this extremely cheap financing over the last few years, and now you're seeing a, a huge amount of, of multifamilies come online that, um, you know, where you're going to need a lot of people to fill a lot of units. Yes, you are. So when we look at this, you and I were talking about where do we expect the Fed to go? And this is where I think you and I were talking a little bit earlier, the markets just don't make logical sense anymore so we're looking at march this is the fed tool basically it's kind of like a, a prediction of where people think the fed is going to go and last week or yesterday we were at 64 percent. today we're actually jumped to 67 percent that they're going to have a quarter point rate decrease in march and it's like wait a minute inflation just went up and you think he's going to drop the rates. Yeah. 
That's it, it's one of those how it usually works. <laughs> no, it, it, I mean, there's in my mind, there's, there's two possibilities there. One people are, well, three possibilities, I guess one, the markets are just out of touch, right? Traders are just going wild right now. And that's probably the most likely scenario. If, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. uh, and the option is, is that, you know, people are uh, really expecting something, something bad to happen. Um, you know, which is, um, you know, hopefully that doesn't right. But I mean, last, yep. uh, Last spring, you know, we saw, um, you know, Silicon Valley Bank. We saw a lot of banks really, really hit a, a tough stretch, and the Fed basically had to put a bandaid on on the market in order to to stop things. And, and but we saw a sizable decrease in rates for that. So maybe mm-hmm. people are expecting something like that again this spring. And then the last option is people are really expecting inflation to come down hard um, over the next two readings. Uh, we have two readings now between now and that meeting because it's at the end of March. Um, yeah. But and, and if you look at the numbers, you know, a lot of that shelter inflation does start coming off in the next few months because of, of their methodology. So yep. maybe people are looking into that and, you know, trying to front run it. But it's just that's it's very aggressive yeah. thinking that they're going to cut in March at this point, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. Your second point. I think one thing that may be people may be looking at that a lot of people don't know about. It's called the reverse repo market. Mm-hmm. And we've seen those funds in the reverse repo. Basically, if you don't know what it is, it was a bunch of money the Fed printed back during COVID that was kind of there to help the banks, um, you know, have liquidity. It was around $2 trillion. Well, that has slowly and steadily decreased. I I didn't get a chance to check this morning, but the last, I think we were down to 800 billion. It was like 660 or something like that. I didn't realize that much. Okay. So when that money dries up, which with projections, I believe is the end of February, beginning of March, there could be a huge liquidity problem for banks. because they've got nowhere to go to get liquidity anymore. And that could be what people are looking at is what happens if the reverse repo window just shuts up, shuts down. The, and it's the, the flip side to that coin, and and this is, um, I mean, it, it's the same idea, but it's kind of you know the implication of that is people are are saying that most of that reverse repo money that's being taken out of, of that facility is being used to purchase the surplus of of treasury issuance right now, right? Yes. So so yes. now we have you know, the treasury issuance, um, you know, for the year is, is it's not going to go down. Right. I mean, you know, with rates as high as they are, we need to, to finance all of that interest. So mm-hmm. if that reserve reverse repo money runs out, where does the money come from to absorb the new issuance? And you know what they have to do? Money machine. Yeah. They will have to start printing again. Right. And that you all of a sudden you're seeing people again. talk about the end of QT because or uh, tightening because of that. Yep. Yep. So there's a lot of things going on behind behind the the screen that a lot just nobody talks about. It just they don't talk about it, and it's it gets frustrating because you know, like like me, you we watch all this, you know, because one we find I think we both find it fascinating, but two, it, it truly affects our industry on a daily basis and can change our whole market overnight literally overnight when something goes wrong and then 
this all kind of goes into what we've what we were really going to hit on initially today, which was is the hope of those quote six cuts that people have priced in has that stalled the market? Because are people thinking, oh well, you know, the Fed's going to cut rates, the Fed's going to cut rates, Fed's going to cut rates. You know, we'll be back down into the you know low fives by mid year. You know, latest is September, so I'm just going to sit there and I'm going to wait. And you get headlines like this from um, CNBC: mortgage demand jumps nearly 10% to start the year, even as interest rates tick up. It's clickbait. Yeah. It's nothing more than clickbait. Ten percent sounds phenomenal, but then when you come back and you look at the graph, it's nothing. No, it's minimal, and that's that's what people have to realize is this is the um, application level back in 2017, 2018, and back then, uh, 2018, I, I bought my home here. And I think we were at five and a quarter, okay, back then. But the prices were also half of what they are now. So people were readily going out and buying homes. It was, it was a solid, it was a consistent market. Then you see the spike from the pandemic when rates you know dropped to the twos and threes. And, oh, yeah, everybody's out trying to get a loan. But look at this avalanche. I mean, literally right off the cliff since since the end of the pandemic as rates started to go up. So 10% sounds great, but are there really a lot more buyers out there? No. No, they're not. Great. So as a seller, and you we'll see this when we get into our Orlando numbers, is days on market are going up. Price cuts are going up the initial listing prices are coming down. And this is this is something I, I found absolutely fascinating. U-Haul comes out every year with a list of where everybody moves to, the top places. And six of the 25 are in Florida. You got Palm Bay, Ocala. Uh, where's our next one? Kissimmee, St. Cloud, Panama City. Great beaches. Lakeland. So you've got a number of places that people are still moving to. But then CoreLogic comes out yesterday with the U.S. housing pricing information. And look where the top four places they are predicting price decreases. Palm Bay, your number one place people are moving to is predicted to be the number one spot for price for price decreases, the market to fall down. And they're saying there's a 70% probability. West Palm Beach, Delray, Tampa, which was absolutely exploding during the pandemic, and then Deltona and Ormond. Can you help me make a little logic out of that one? <laughs> it, honestly, it it's 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 wild, right? If if it was the U-Haul data is looking literally at people moving, right? So yep. that should negate the whole concept of it being a speculative craze that everybody was buying investments and Airbnbs and all kinds of things in, in those areas that are more susceptible to price corrections, right? 
if people mm-hmm. are actually moving there, that should be the least likely to have have you know crazy uh, declines in prices because you know primary homes are the least susceptible to that. It so honestly, um, it, it you know top level, it it just it doesn't make sense. Um, I would love to to hear from CoreLogic, you know, their methodology behind it because because you know on its face that just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I you, it's like how do you explain that to someone who's moving to Palm Bay? It's like, yeah, you've, you're the fastest growing city per se, according to you, Hall, but your prices are about, are gonna, about to drop. That's that's a good one. Uh, right. I, that one I haven't had, had, yeah. to, had to do would, before. Would love but to see the equation behind that. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, it's just kind of interesting because it just goes to show you how uncertain our markets are. Absolutely. It, it it really it really really does. So let's get into our Orlando numbers because we're going to see that this is where we're still a very slow market overall is where we're sitting right now. So hold on. Okay. So when we get into our single families last week, this is the first week of January. You know, so we lost, we did lose one day for uh, holidays, but we dropped to 191 homes from 321 at the end of the month. And our inventory, which I expected is after, usually right after the first, um, people start putting their houses back on the market. So we we went after a couple of weeks of declines, our inventory went back up. But here's the one that's just crushing Orlando. And I think it's going to be an extremely tough year if you're a condo owner and you're trying to sell, especially the investors. The sales of condos, townhomes, and villas dropped to 82. You think about how many units we have here in Central Florida, in the Orlando region. That is nothing. Absolutely nothing. No. And our inventory increased another 55. So you, uh, it's just, you look at that and you're like, wow. And one of the things we always get into is the original to final and the original, the original list to the, to the final sales price. And you see here, we're still down at 94, mid 94%, 94.61%. So there's roughly about a five and a half percent off the original list price. Wow. Of homes. And they're still coming in at roughly about two and a half percent off the final list price. So sellers are out there giving concessions to people. And I always love looking at over a million dollars. They're dropping on average a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. They're dropping almost nine nine percent on their on their original list price to move them. And then our days on market, we have seen, again, a slow, steady increase. And I think at least through March, we're not going to see this number fall at all. I really don't think we are. And then you wow. see it here graphically. And last year, we were at our, our period average was up in the 400s. So they adjust this every week. And you can just see. Look at this drop. 
from here's December 272, 348, 361, 321. And we dropped to 191. That's that's a big drop. That's a huge and then drop. Days on market. You know, holding up there. Then we get really into that launches back after um, after this holiday week. You know, I guess I guess we have another holiday coming up too. But you got to really, um, if that doesn't, that that's scary. Yeah, and, and again, I the the word for this year is truly going to be affordability. Affordability. You know, I don't know if you if you follow unusual whales. Sometimes they have some of the best statistics that come out there. And last week they had one that. Interest rates either have to drop to 5.5, um, prices have to come down 22%, or income has to go up 28% in order to make houses affordable again. Yeah, back to that trend line. Yeah. It, I mean, I look, I look at it. Yeah, I look at it. I'm I'm in a 30-year, uh, I'm in a 20-year mortgage with a 3% interest rate. Even with what I would make off this home, I couldn't move. Same. I'm locked. I, I am. I am absolutely. I'm stuck here. I've I've been talking about this, you know, with uh, with friends for for months. Um, I'm I'm in a condo here in Michigan and would absolutely love to not be in a condo. Um, and but it's it's one of those things where, you know, it would I would literally have to buy a place, you know, half the price of this in order to have a similar payment. Yep. Yep. And the the incomes just. They're not growing that fast, and they're they're never going to grow that fast, ever. And then again, you see our trend line. You know, our period average last year was around one seventy five, eighty two. That that just blows my mind. And this week, I've got a a, a um, client. She's an older. She would like a condo, and. I've had to go because it's January. Are all the condos up their um, their fees, their HOA fees in January? So I've been trying to get a hold of the HOAs. That's joyous in itself. Um, I actually had to go knock on and go to some of the some of the um, offices yesterday to get the answers, and all of them are increasing their rates. There's one that she really liked, um, Escadito. It's a 55 plus. It's right here in Altamont well-maintained property it's a 55 plus and they're increasing their their hoa fee from 497 to 600 a month they took out a three million dollar loan back in july they have 138 quarterly payment for two years to pay for the interest and then on top of that are you sitting down (laughs) they have a fourteen thousand dollars special assessment coming due. Fourteen thousand, and these are people. The average age in there is probably seventy. These are people on a fixed income. Can you imagine the shock that they got? Fourteen thousand dollars special assessment. Of course, you know. Of course, they can break it out over ten years if they Still. want to. It doesn't work. It's just that that doesn't for for a fixed income family. I mean, they just they can't, you know. Nope. Nope. So I think we're still in that 
not sure where this market's going to go. You know, we just too many things pulling in too many different directions. I mean, we didn't even get into what's going on in China, you know, over there with another bank failure. Um, what is it? They got two years worth of inventory if they don't build another house right. in China. Yeah. And they it's it's wild because they have just cities that are half built construction already. Right. Like it, they uh, there is so much supply that could be ready in, in three months if they wanted it to. And they're just they're sitting off on it. Developers are are going bankrupt left and right, which is jeopardizing the banks. It's yep. it's dire over there, um, you know, for, for lack of a better word, it is it is dire. Yep. So at least we got at least we're not at two years of uh, months of inventory. <laughs> right, right. I guess that will be our optimistic point to end on today. <laughs> we'll we'll take our, our forty four days on market or whatever that that shows. Yes, that's yeah, yeah. I'll take the forty four as opposed to uh, to two years. Any day of the week. Any day of the week. Well, thank you, Jim. I really appreciate you uh, joining us this morning and fill, helping fill in for Joe. Um, it was a pleasure. You're welcome back anytime. Take awesome. care. Have a great day. Thanks, guys.